At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast where nobody has any lines or even knows what they're making, it's Sifpop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Hello you. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he can't wait to get back to his squeezy Bruce. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Never feed him chocolate. It's Dom Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Dom, hanging out with us from Geek Vibes Nation. Always good to have you on. Um, how have be things here. been since the last time you've been around? Uh, you know, it's been good. Just trying to stay in the comfort of a movie theater with the air conditioning and not outside in the heat, you know? My yeah. goodness. You're in Nashville, and honestly, it's been a little worse here than Nashville, but not much. It's been really hot in and uh, dry there as well, so yeah. Yeah, we're always in the hundreds. For like the last couple of weeks, we've been in the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, we went like three straight weeks with highs in the hundreds uh, in no rain. It was it was a lot. We did have a little bit of rain uh, over this last weekend, so I, I I think I managed to spot a green splotch in my, my uh, yard. So. You're a liar. <laughs> You're a liar. I haven't seen green in months. <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, well, we are going to get into some fun stuff. We're going to talk about uh, DC League of Super Pets uh, and then uh, visit Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which has been out a couple weeks, but is starting to go a little bit wider. Then we've got a best ever challenge, uh, best ever talking animal movies uh, that we're going to go through. And then, of course, do some buried treasure as well. But let's kick it off by heading to the theaters to check out DC League of Super Pets. And I'm up. Okay, crypto. We'll go for a walk. I have an owner, and he's Superman. Let me just iron that out. They should call me Iron Man. <laughs> no. My dog's the best, but he's not the greatest with other animals. What is new with you, fellow normal dog? I bit the FedEx guy the other day. Who was he working for? General Zod, the Legion of Doom? FedEx. Of course. The Federation of Exes, not to be trusted. When Superman and the rest of the Justice League are kidnapped, Crypto the Superdog must convince a ragtag shelter pack, Ace the Hound, PB the Pot-Bellied Pig, Merton the Turtle, and Chip the Squirrel to master their own newfound powers and help him rescue the superheroes. Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, John Krasinski, Keanu Reeves, Kate McKinnon, Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, uh, among the many voices uh, you will hear uh, in this. Um, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, kick us off with your thoughts on Super Pets. I loved it. Nice. Nice. 
Uh, Dom, what do you think? Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I loved it as well. I was very surprised. Nice. This is going to be a lot of fun. I thought it was okay. <laughs> Maybe high side of okay. I'm glad that you guys really had a good time. Um, Dom, why don't you kick us off? What are some of your thoughts? Why did you Why did you love uh, DC League of Super Pets? I, I think initially I, uh, I kind of went into it like <sighs> some of these animated films, especially with animals are hit and miss you know you're like it's either gonna be really good or it's gonna be really subpar and the fact that the story was a lot darker than i expected and but not dark in like a, oh my god don't take your kids kind of way but just the subject matter of like hey we might actually lose these <laughs> heroes is a lot darker than i thought it'd go and just the the jokes and the back and forth especially with um Kate McKinnon as Lulu. I mean, it was so good. The smallest creature uh, besides the squirrel with the biggest personality and all the just angsty hate that she had. Um, and I love the, um, the whiskers, the cat, which is, I know a lot of character, a lot of people wouldn't focus on that character, but just <laughs> that one scene when there's like, la, la, la. Oh, so, hey, so good. you're going to die. I loved it so much. Um, and it, it was, it was a, a really good story that you would expect to see from the perspective of um, some pets. Andrew, what about you? What are some thoughts? The characters, man. The characters, the voice acting. I thought that was the most stellar part of this. Everybody was cast to perfection. I think my favorite was Merton the Turtle, which was <laughs> Natasha Leone's character. Uh just just great and then of course you have everybody if you're a big name like Dwayne Johnson Kevin Hart you know the John Krasinski's uh, Keona Reese but then you have genuinely like known funny people like Ben Schwartz Thomas Middleditch and Mark Maron you know just to kind of even the playing field so there was a perfect amount of like big names to like actually have big moments but then you also had like prime stellar comedians to deliver genuine laughs yeah i thought half the cast was cast well and the other half was severely miscast i like there oh. were there were there were many of these uh characters that and it was one of my big negatives was where i'm just like okay i get it it's keanu reeves but that makes no sense for that character like i like there's so it was just one of those things where it's like where it felt like they were putting the name above the actual like casting of the personality of of what the character would be. I think the Mark Maron is is severely miscast as Le- Lex Luthor. Uh, that didn't work work for me at all. But I will focus on the positive and say people like uh, Middleditch and Schwartz having them together as a tag team guinea pig duo. Yes. perfect perfection, and their voices work perfect, and they're doing things with their voices that I think work perfect. Natasha Leone as the the Merton character, perfection. Great casting for the personality, yeah. completely works for that character. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of hit and miss for me, uh, but there were plenty of them, and I was like, oh, that works a lot. The other one was uh, the one that, that you mentioned um, that I didn't even realize who it was until the end, and that was Kate McKinnon. And I was yeah, like, oh, Lulu. what a perfect performance. Because it's not just Kate McKinnon. She's doing a performance as this mm. character, which not a lot of these people were doing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I did a, appreciate that um, as well. But it did feel like a lot of stunt casting uh, to me that didn't quite match what was going on with, with some of the characters. But um, that's one of the things that kept me from kind of being in the loved it category with you guys. But it sounds like it, it all worked for you. Yeah, because I think whenever it comes to the actual Justice League characters, it there it's a mockery and a parody of those characters. So everything is, you know, pushed to the max because uh, that's what the... Whenever you introduce the super pets, you know, that's kind of like where your mind goes. Besides, like, maybe Crypto, because Crypto is, like, the one super pet that actually, like, pushed into the mainstream, you know, whereas every, everyone else is, like, a uh, And this a is a real, a real series, right? Like, this is a real oh, comic yeah. series? Oh, yeah. Every single okay. one of these is, like, a real, like, a like the pet of a Justice League member and stuff. But Crypto is really the only one that's, like, a, the big name, uh... Yeah, Ace and Merton and P- PB, you know, all those. 
But uh, yeah, I I I had a good good time with all of the performance characters because I knew that like Keanu Reeves was gonna try and be like the parody version of Batman, and it would make me laugh. Uh, so that part worked for me. Uh, what else worked for you, Dom? What else made uh, you uh, love this? I think I really enjoyed the um, the. It was actually like you know we it gets used a lot. Like this is a family friendly movie or one for the whole family, and I think this actually was because you have like the the jokes and the humor. There's more the adults are going to catch on to, and then uh, like with like the subtleties, and then you have the storylines with each character trying to overcome some kind of personal ill that is good for the kids to see. You know whether it's like you know. Uh, feeling left behind by family or friends or being alone and body positivity like you know the pig felt uh you know i'm big and you know she ended up being small a lot of the time because of all these fluctuating uh emotions that she has about her size so i think there's a lot to for everyone to take away from uh you know after you watch it yeah i wasn't expecting the there's a moment and i won't i won't spoil it um but there's a moment with ace that kind of goes into his backstory <laughs> hit hard it yeah. hit really hard, now, it I, don't hit know hard. That it was, I don't know that it was given the runway it needed to to really impact but it it, it happens and it works i think it works um but i think it could have been maybe developed a little bit a uh, little bit more, but um, interesting. But it but it worked, and uh, and so the movie is at least willing to go there and try to do um, do some of those things. So yeah, I like that as well. That was going to be my next positive was that this movie isn't afraid to show like get get emotional. You know, like it it was a willing to go to the feels and and hit you there. Uh, so I guess my next uh, positive is going to be. I think that the effects are pretty good, you know? Like, I was surprised with how, like, you know, it, it takes place in Metropolis, and, you know, it's it's kind of that a, a futuristic city, you know, of Eden that somehow always gets blown up, but the next day it still looks perfect. Um, yes, and I thought that the fight scenes were really fun and unique because you had so much diversity and range so you're you never get uh, uh uh the same flavor twice when it comes to action uh i really enjoyed it 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 was a lot of fun to watch and it, it definitely entertained i also think the the movie is a decent story too i don't think they they really skimp on the storytelling like a there there's uh it's nothing spectacular but it makes sense it's yeah. uh interesting it it uh goes from point a to a point you know b c d that aren't confusing like i was never confused about you know motivations or what was going to happen next or any of that stuff so uh i think the movie handles uh its story in a consistent way and if nothing else you're going to go and you're going to be like oh cool, I'm invested in these characters and what they're trying to do. So I think that's done very well. Yeah. And uh, I think that the uh, the story arc for Lulu, like the motivation for that character, really well thought out. Like, you know, uh, a, a misinterpretation of uh, uh, motivation and uh, that realization whenever it finally does come makes you feel pity for that character. Which, uh, well done movie, because it could have been very easy just to have a, a a bland antagonist, you know, just evil for evil's sake. But no, there was a, a real emotional arc that was, uh, it, it kind of got painful a little bit emotionally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Where do you want to head next, Dom? Uh, I think, uh... One thing I did catch on to was, oh, which I'm curious about in the future. I know this movie it doesn't fit into the canon of the DCEU, but we did we did see a Jessica Cruz um, Green Lantern. Yeah, so I'm curious to see if they skip over maybe a, a John Stewart in the future in the actual DCEU and go to Jessica Cruz, and because I know to a certain extent it it might get them some kind of 
quote unquote woke points, you know, if they go that route. But she's a good character, so I'd be curious to see if they go that route later on down the road. I well, I say I highly doubt they'll skip John Stewart, but Warner Brothers hasn't <laughs> failed to surprise me with their questionable decisions. Um, I love John Stewart. I really hope they don't pass him. Right. Uh, Dasha Polanco uh, from Orange Is the New Black. At least that's where I know her from. Uh, I think was the Jessica Cruz character uh, in this. So um, and doing good work, doing good stuff. Uh, Andrew, what else? I'm trying to think of negatives, and the only thing that I can think of is it felt like the movie never took that next step to, like, Pixar level of, like, a greatness, you know? Like, mm. this is, I love this movie, but I don't think it's going to be, like, in my, like, top, uh, uh, you know, animated movies of all time or anything like right. that, so. yeah. If if my only con is it wasn't one of the best movies ever made, I think that's still <laughs> I think that's still a positive. Well, I, I I let me touch on why I think maybe part of that is, and this is another one of my big negatives. Um, and kind of and again, it's going to sound like I hate the movie because you guys loved it so much. But I, this this movie's fine. I, I think yeah. this is a perfectly perfectly good movie. Um, but there is something that happens here for me with a little bit of tone disparity. I don't know that the movie understands how irreverent it wants to be because it kind of it kind of goes from straight on like good vibes, family friendly kind of stuff. And then it's like, yeah, but we're going to bleep one of our characters, which is a really interesting choice in a uh, kids movie. In, in a in a PG movie in a family film, right? Yeah. Like it's a, it's an interesting because there's several things that happen in that moment, right? Um, and I get that it's a joke. Believe me, I understand that it's a joke. But when I watch movies, my brain gets distracted. Number one, it breaks the fourth wall, right? That is a fourth wall break when you bleep one of your characters yeah. because you're all of a sudden incorporating the production into this isn't a documentary this is supposed to be a narrative film and one of the characters gets unless we're supposed to believe that the turtle is speaking in bleep that the turtle actually <laughs> makes a bleep noise then this is a fourth wall uh type break which is always a little interesting to me and and a little weird uh in number two it makes you it makes you think about well what did the turtle say right. and that's just really interesting to me. She uh, said fire truck, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> right, it could be. It could I heard be. the f in the cuh at the at the ends of the beep, so it had to be fire truck. No other. Did you? Word. I don't think they left in any. I think it was pure beep. I could be wrong. I don't think there were any consonants. I heard an F for sure. Did you really? Yeah, it was. That's what even more interesting beep? to me. <laughs> So, it was where the beep am I, and I heard the and listen, F. And listen, I don't, I don't have a problem with irreverence. I think irreverence can be funny. I think it can be played really well and used really well. My issue here is what I'm talking about is tone disparity. Like the, the, that stands out to me as a moment. And there are a few others uh, as well that just kind of stood out to me. Like, oh, that's in that's interesting. We went, we went there. That feels a little more. You know, at times it felt Shrek, and at times it felt Pixar. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you kind of have to pick a... I, you don't have to pick a lane. You don't have to do anything. But for me, it distracted me a little bit. Are you think, do you think that you're possibly dissecting a joke too much? Oh, of and course. You can't, and you 100% can't just, I am. And you <laughs> can't just accept the joke for being a joke? Absolutely. Yes, 100%. That is what I do. Yes, yes. But it, but it does impact how I enjoy a movie, and I think there are others like me that might be impacted that way too. So it, it's, you know, it's worth throwing out there, but yes, a hundred percent. I am dissecting a joke. Uh, I'm overthinking. Imagine me overthinking something. <laughs> impossible. 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 Uh, other thoughts. Either you guys have any other thoughts on uh, DC league of super pets, two post credit scenes. And one of them was interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> Which one did? Which one was interesting? Can you talk the around last, it? The last one of a character in a live action DC film voicing his live or voicing an animated version of the same character. I missed that. I missed the second one. Uh, I guess so. Um, I I didn't realize there was one at the very end. I stayed for the first one, which was one of the characters uh, being left. 
Um, yeah. But I did. I missed the the second one. So I think a lot of people did because when I saw it, everybody had left after the first one because oh. you don't ex- you don't expect it for a DC film. So yeah. everybody was like, "Oh, it seems like it's over." And I just happened to be sitting there typing on my phone, look up, and I said, like, "Oh, I'm glad I stayed." Yeah, that's that's <laughs> interesting. You it's guys not have to it's tell not groundbreaking, that. but it's a it's an awesome Easter egg. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, once we're once we're uh, once we're off here, I, I would like to hear the details on that. Um, Four shizzles. I I do think they will bring this back. I don't. I mean, I, hope I guess so. For sure. I, I would love to revisit this world. I really would. I, I know financially it didn't perform. I think like they wanted it to, but I still think they might want to try to to you know generate something with this. Um, you Unless know, series, I'm. So. Unless I'm not thinking of anything, I have this as my number one animated movie of the year so far. Okay, I definitely have other animated movies above this. Um, look, uh, I liked it more than Turning Red. Uh, and I gotta scroll. Minions is that the only other one? What am I missing? Uh, there are some others. Uh, sea Beast was certainly amazing. Um, I, I did like Sea Beast, but not that much. Uh, the other one we're going to talk about today, uh, if you want to call that an animated film. Uh, okay, well, th- now we're now we're kind of merging into that world of like well, it's interesting. I only, animation I only, in live action. You know? I only say that because I think they announced for Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which we will get to here in a second, that they are going to pursue uh, the animated category uh, for awards. So... Um, so it is an interesting time, and I think there are rules. I think the Academy has rules about percentage of uh, that must be animation to qualify. But yeah. um, but it'll be interesting to see. Oh, there's uh, Bo- Bob's Burgers. Sure, Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. So, uh, anything else, guys? Before we move on, any other things you wanted to say? I think that was it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. That's DC League of Super Pets. Uh, and that is uh, in theaters and will probably be on HBO Max in the next couple months. That seems to be what happens with that stuff. All right, let's move on to our next review. Let's talk a little bit about Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Tell me about what's life like. It's pretty much common knowledge that it takes at least 20 shells to have a community. My cousin fell asleep in a pocket, and that's why I don't like the saying everything comes out of the wash, because sometimes it doesn't, or sometimes it does, and they're just like a completely different person. So it's actually only two of us now, myself and my grandmother, Nana Connie. We like to watch 60 Minutes because Leslie Stahl is fearless. Nana, make the noise. Marcel is an adorable one-inch-tall shell who ekes out a colorful existence with his grandmother, Connie, and their pet, Lint, Allen. Once part of a sprawling community of shells, they now live alone as the sole survivors of a mysterious tragedy. But when a documentary filmmaker discovers them amongst the clutter of his Airbnb, the short film he posts online brings Marcel millions of passionate fans, as well as unprecedented dangers and a new hope at finding his long-lost family. Jenny Slate, of course, voices uh, Marcel. Uh, Dean Fleischer Camp is kind of behind the scenes and also in front of the camera in this one as the filmmaker. And then Isabella Rossellini coming in uh, as the grandmother. I guess let's start here, as we often do with these kind of things. Uh, what was your familiarity with Marcel the Shell before this movie? Were you aware of the shorts? Um, you know, I think Jenny Slate played a couple of them on SNL, um, but they were, I think, pre-SNL, they had done these shorts. Um, Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh, I'd seen the shorts, and uh, I was never on them because I always found the uh, design of the character unsettling. Oh! Yeah. Scary, Marcel. No, honestly, it it kind of creeps me out whenever I see it. That giant eye. One giant eye, Marcel. What is wrong with you? (laughs) I will go ahead and say right here, uh, I was not able to see this movie. Uh, Andrew will be playing the uh, the role of the questioner uh, in yes. this review. Dom, what was your familiarity with uh, Marcel? I had only seen one of the shorts. I wasn't, and I completely forgot I had saw it. So I was like, 
something about this looks very familiar. I went back through YouTube and realized I had already watched it before, and I'm sure it was, you know, however long, was it a decade ago when they first came out? Or It was a while. Yeah, yeah. Over 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, it was kind of brand new again for me. Yeah, I had seen the the short on SNL, and I totally missed the viral videos uh, when they happened the first time. And I don't think I went back and like watched any of them. Um, but I always appreciated Jenny Slate's sense of humor, and I thought the the thing, yeah, I thought it was adorable. I thought it was okay. Cute. Well, gentlemen. Um, Let's go down the line. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Let's start with Dom. I am on the high side of liked it. High side nice. of liked it. Excellent. Nice. Aaron, where do you land? Yeah, I'm I'm in the loved it camp. Uh, this is going to compete for one of my favorite movies of the year. Really? Um, yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. Um this is like Paddington levels of adoration for me. Like there's some some real beautiful heart stuff going on in this and the same thing I love about Paddington is it's not just cloying, it's not schmaltzy. There's like a reality and a groundedness to the positivity and the optimism and also in this one a little more than Paddington there's also uh, dealing with not the darker side of things, but the more complex side of life. It's really interesting. And Dom, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. I don't think this is a kid's movie at all. Like, I think a, I think a kid could go see this movie and be okay. I think you're going to have to have some conversations with the child after they go see this movie. Um, but because they're going to be traumatized by how horrifying the character design is. <laughs> Yes, Andrew. Yes, yeah. that's it. The just, the just absolutely horrifying. Yes. Um, no, but I think I think this is a really complex, nuanced adult, uh, you know, undertaking. So, um, so yeah, Dom, did you have similar feelings or kind of like as you watch this? Yeah, and the only reason I didn't love it is because I went back after the fact and watched the shorts, and it's essentially the same thing. The shorts is just a combined and they made uh, the story's a little different but a lot of stuff was was similar but no yeah the the movie like i live in like a space where i watch a lot of horror films and a lot of dark things and watching this movie it's one of those ones that kind of gives you butterflies like you're like well, mm-hmm. this is so pure and there's something so magical about that feeling you know i hear tears as i'm watching the film i almost shed a tear but just like we do watching this movie you do for forget that you know to look up and to notice the small things in life because we're always on the go and doing all these things and this, this movie was a reminder of like there's beauty in like the smallest of things i mean a little lint ball used as a dog you're like yeah like we look at lint as lint but yeah to it could be looked at as something more magnificent to a different lens you know so there there's a definitely a complexity to the to the film that is it's simplistic but complex at the same time. So it sounds like it's championing the beauty of imagination. It's, I mean, that's there, but it's more. Man, I'm telling you, the themes in this movie are pretty nuanced. There's, there's a lot here about content creation. There's a, there's, there's some things here about the idea of what is fandom, like what is support. Does you know, like. Um, you know, just having fans, is that the same as having community? Right. And uh, it, it really wrestles with that stuff in some interesting ways, in some meaningful ways. It's also dealing with the ideas of aging and loss and, like, all of these really heady things. Um, trauma, divorce. There's some real divorce stuff in here that is, um, I thought, uh, I thought really empathetically handled you know like really well handled um and man i was just i was just shocked i just came away shocked i cried a couple times i definitely laughed a lot this movie is funny too um there's there's a whole scene uh asking somebody to sing a song and i was dying the entire time it's just so real it just feels so real and so authentic it's kind of like having a conversation with you know you have those conversations with somebody who just 
gets it a little more than you do. Like yeah. it's so like like profound without having to try too hard. It's 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 kind of like if you went to a philosopher and you're like, explain to me like the subtleties of life, and th- this guy gets it apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was really really impressed. Uh, it's a bold movie in a lot of ways, um, and I don't just mean with some of the nuanced themes that that I've already mentioned, but even just in some of the subject matter. Uh, there's a hilarious scene at the bottom of a bathtub when Marcel is is gathering supplies uh, <laughs> that just slayed me. Um, there is like when there are other um, anthropomorphized objects. I don't know if you noticed this. One of the objects was a tampon. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Like that's bold. That's really bold and interesting. In like. I just I, I I found this movie to be uh to be really invigorating uh in a way like it just like oh this is this is this is there's something really pure and honest about this. So you just just mentioned something that got me thinking is the idea of animated inanimate objects mm-hmm. like it's not just Marcel then there are other animated like living inanimate objects. So Marcel is telling the story of a community of shells, but then beyond the shells, you know, you could have pencils or other things. Pretty much anything a human could put little googly eyes on <laughs> can be part of this community. And it's it's interesting because it doesn't dive into the uh, metaphysical questions necessarily like it isn't asking some of the same questions that like the toy story movies ask Mm. uh you know where it's like you know really uh deep uh about the meaning of existence um but it does kind of make you wonder okay so is this community something that a human put together and then now it has life um but it doesn't it doesn't address that at all but yeah there are okay. several different um uh anthropomorphized objects so yeah. okay yeah, and i remember that the shorts were uh stop motion is the animation style the same in this mm-hmm. okay yeah. good yep it is stop motion um and and really really interesting. The sixty minute stuff is hilarious to me as well. This movie is just funny. It's just it's really well done. Uh, can't recommend it uh, enough. Okay, uh, if yeah. you guys uh, don't have any more pros, did you have any negatives with this one? Yeah, what do you think, Dom? Is there anything you, you didn't like about it? <sighs> no. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that you so. feel like maybe it copies the. Yeah, that's the only thing. And now what? It's not like a huge thing for me. Like it wasn't something that I would like you know, rated lower because of that, because I didn't know till after the fact. Um, but I think it definitely, it, it, even it looks better, even if it is somewhat similar, it looks so much better. Um, and I, I had my, my 10 year old with me and he did have those kind of questions of like, you know, and, and, and that's why I liked it too. It, there was an innocence to it, to where we overthink everything because we've lived in this world a certain amount of time. And, we know that these steps mean this, but a kid goes, "Won't you just go left?" Well, if I go left, I have to do this, and they're like, "It's still just go left." And that's the kind of things that I think that we we forget about is that you know the if I want to get to you know point A to point B, it is just a straight line, but we decide to veer off of those ways, and I think that's kind of what the movie did for me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that I have really any negatives. Um... You know, other than it's a bit of a tone poem, possibly. So, like, if you're not in this mode to experience it, then it might, you know, not not um, vibe with you. Okay. Um, and if you are freaked out by <laughs> shells with one large eyeball, uh, yeah. if that's unsettling to you, you maybe yeah. uh, you maybe won't enjoy it. <laughs> okay. It's it's definitely good like, to know. Good to if, know. If you if you watch the trailer and then go see the movie, it's completely different from what you expect to see because the trailer was yeah. so so small. The I didn't know what to expect when I went into it, so it was kind of like a I was blown away. There there is a moment uh, in this movie where Marcel wrestles with the largeness of existence and i just i cried i was just like it's so deep and meaningful like 
I just I was not expecting this movie to do that for me. I was not expecting this movie to get inside me like that, and it just did. It just did. So yeah, I definitely definitely wanted to make sure we got a chance to talk about it because it's uh, it'll come up again. I'm sure uh, towards the end of the year as we're talking about our favorites. So interesting. So yeah, yeah. That is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, do you guys know if there's is- a post credit scene? <laughs> there, there is no post credit scene, as far as I remember. Um, all so, right, yeah. Uh, all right, that will do it for that review. Before we head on to the best ever challenge, just a reminder that you can support what goes on at Sif Pop by being a Patreon member at Patreon.com/sifpop. If you go check that out, uh, there are different levels and different things that happen. One of them is a podcast feed. It is all yours. No ads. All the main episodes as well as bonus episodes most weeks. Uh, And this week we talked about a lot of the Comic-Con news, a lot of the Marvel Phase 5, Phase phase 6 stuff. Just kind of our thoughts on some of the big announcements uh, at Comic-Con. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash siftpop. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, best ever challenge, best ever talking animal movies. Uh, what do you guys got? What are movies where the animals talk that you enjoy? We'll go number five to number one. If somebody has something higher, feel free, feel free uh, to trump, trump that choice. So, Andrew, kick us off. What is your number five best ever talking animal movie? Uh, every now and then I like to put a little bit of a, a caveat on my list, you know, just to make things a little bit easier or more interesting, I should say. Mm-hmm. So with this one, uh, I made sure to go with a different production studio for every single choice. I did not, and therefore my list is almost entirely one production studio. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I don't blame anybody for yeah, at all. Yeah. I want to get that out there, but at the same time, no, that's I just, a good choice. That's a really good choice. I think that makes it really interesting. Yeah. So uh, Aaron's list is probably correct. <laughs> it's just that uh, I wanted to give shout-outs to movies that I do love that maybe not. All the time get, you know... Yes. It's a great idea. Lovely, just great sort of. idea. Great so idea. So I'm going to start off my list with number five. Uh, it's going to go Ardman. It's going to be Chicken Run. Yeah. It's definitely a great choice. Great choice. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. Oh, but it's so good. Yeah. Uh, I do remember... It's been like seven years maybe since I last saw it. But... Uh, Mel Gibson is very charismatic, and then uh, Julia Sawala is just just wholesome, heartwarming. I love the yeah. voice acting in this. Yeah. Uh, Dom, what's your number five? Oh, my number five is Kung Fu Panda. Mm, very cool. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed the fact that we were able to kind of steer away from your classic animal movies where they're on a, a journey or trying to find something and this is you know 
you got kung fu with the animals, and the animals represented various kung fu styles. I thought that was so cool. Jack Black is fantastic all the time. Um, and the action was great. Animation looked great. Didn't really care for the animated series that they end up coming out with, but um, the film uh, is one of my favorites. Nice. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, also my honorable mentions. Uh, My number five mm, might get trumped. I have the Lion King uh, at number five. I'll trump it. Uh, (laughs) All right. Trumped by both of you. Uh, On to Andrew's number four. The Lion King. (laughs) Still trumped by Dom. (laughs) Which one, Uh, Dom? Which one? (laughs) Oh, that's a good Mine's the one that has James Earl Jones in it. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Dom, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is The Lady and the Tramp. Mm, that's oh, a good choice in my love that movie. Yeah, I, uh, I, I went back and watched some scenes because I couldn't fully remember all of the story. <clears throat> but I wanted it there for the simple fact of it has one of the most iconic scenes in cinema history with the, the spaghetti and they end up kissing. For the simple fact, I had to put it on there. Um, and I do after I watch the clips, I do want to go back and rewatch, uh, rewatch it because that style and the storylines at that time were a lot more complex than what I knew as a kid. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a lot of the stuff. themes in Lady and the Tramp really, you know, mimic what we saw in uh, Super Pets. You know, with the uh, uh, abandonment and ownership yeah. and what what. Uh, you know, a, a community or a family means. So, mm-hmm. no, that's a, that's a really good pick, Dom. Yeah, nicely done. Uh, Andrew, what is your number, number three? three? Well, oh, wait, no, I've got my sure, number four. Your number four. My number four uh, is Up. I have Up at number four. Now, this is an interesting <laughs> one. Hi there. <laughs> Technically, it's a talking animal. I'm Technically, not, that's I am, a talking animal. I am not going to... Uh, <laughs> Technically... You're not going to get any qualms from me. Uh, I love this movie. I've talked about it a lot. Um, I think, man, it's interesting because everybody loves the first 15 minutes. Like everybody talks about, like that really? is, the, prim- <laughs> they love that it. is the, pr- the prime example of. Oh boy, I love the first 15 minutes of Up. <laughs> High quality filmmaking. Let's yeah. say everybody appreciates the first 15 minutes. Let's yeah, say it's that. like I love it. My family also sits down to watch Oz every single week. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I do, however, think the movie is spectacular beyond that first scene. I think yes. there's some yes. really cool stuff going on uh, between uh, the the old man and the boy and in their trip and what it means about never being too late to pursue an adventure, to go on an adventure, to uh, pursue a new task. Um, I really think this is beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, also, never meet your heroes. <laughs> Never meet your heroes, indeed, indeed. Uh, all right, now on to number three. Is Andrew? What is your number three? So, Lion King was my Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be my Studio Ghibli, my Miyazaki film, Howl's Moving Castle. You mm-hmm. knew it was coming. You knew it was yeah. coming. So, yep. uh, yeah, I, I've talked about this movie a lot over like the past month. It seems it somehow fit into the category a lot, so I'll just say, yeah, I love this movie. There you go. Uh, Dom, what do you got at number three? I have All Dogs Go to Heaven. Nice. Underrated movie. Yeah, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. It got the consistent rewatches. It's dark. Yeah, and I think, like I told you, I was was always a dark kid, you know what I mean? Like, But just that whole, like, I think a lot of those stories at that time were like, the forgotten trying to survive and show that they're worth being just like everybody else. And I think that's what uh, I latched on to. It's one of those things that's always kind of in the back of my head, that film. Uh, one of the ones that when I used to work with kids, I was like, look, we got to watch this movie. I got to show you this part of my childhood because it is like a lot more grounded than you would think a, a movie like that would be. There's a dog hell, dog demons and a dog devil it's terrifying. <laughs> it's true. But it's such it's a good true. movie. It really is. 
Aaron? Uh, let's see. My number three is you'll never guess what studio. It's Pixar. Uh, uh, oh, it, okay. is, it, it is uh, Ratatouille uh, in at number three. Um, so, yeah. Pick, pick, Pixar? Pixar? Yeah. How do, is that if you, you haven't heard it? of them, they make P- good P- Pixar. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've talked about uh, Ratatouille a lot, but I will reiterate uh, that it is a very, very good film and an incredible story about what it means to not prejudge people's abilities based on uh, who you think they are and what they uh, what their appearance is. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Rakakuni. It sounds like Rakakuni in at number like three yeah. for me. Uh, Andrew, what's your number two? Warner Brothers coming in at number two with the Lego movie. Princess Unikitty. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um yeah, it's one of the greatest animated movies ever made. It's oh just, yeah, I had it my honorable mentions for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh I love this movie so 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 much. Yeah, it's good stuff. Dom, what do you got at number two? Uh I have The Land Before Time. Ah. The first movie I went to see in theaters. <laughs> If, is that Land Before Time one or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight? Right. You know, I Aaron, there the was a lot one. of land before time. Right. So. It's true. There was a land back there before time. It's just one of those great like journey movies. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anybody our age. I know we're all pretty close in age that dislikes those movies. Like it's just. I mean, Littlefoot. Like you. Yeah. Littlefoot is on my list of tattoos to get on my leg. So that's how much I like there that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably get uh, a Petrie tattoo. <laughs> I, that movie, man, it, it just works, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three horns don't play with long necks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I dig it. Uh, do, you guys, do you guys know how many Land Before Time movies there are without looking it up? Twelve. Dom, what would your guess be? It'd probably be around 12, 13. 14. There are 14 oh, Land so Before close, Time movies. So close. <laughs> 14. Man. Are they just still making them? Who Who's the uh, production studio for? Is it Warner Brothers? They are They are definitely uh, milking it. Um, I don't know who who owns the the merchandising and stuff. I'll, I'll, um, look, I'll look that up. Oh, wait. While uh, Aaron, you're giving your number two. Uh, let's see. Well, I was, I already had it here in front of me. Uh, 2016 was the last one. Um, so it has, it's been a few years. They should make another one. Looks like Universal. They do. Oh, they Universal distributed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where are we at? Uh, let's see. Your number two. My number two, uh, comes to us from a little movie studio called Pixar. Uh, I gotta check these people out. My number two is Soul, um, which is an interesting, again, one, because the cat uh, isn't technically a cat when it talks, but it also is technically a cat when it talks. That's a talking cat. Uh, You're not going to get any guff from So, yeah. So, I I really dig Soul. Um, Soul is one of those movies, and I don't know if it's just because it was pandemic and it came out you know, on Disney Plus or whatever. I feel like it just kind of came and went, and people don't talk about it that much anymore. But, man, is that some good stuff. I really, really like Soul. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Land Before Time, it's uh, Lucas Spielberg. So. Oh. The first one was. I don't know. I mean, I guess True. maybe they own it. I don't know. Yeah. It might be it one like of those properties that gets thrown around. It was like around. that whole Bluth thing too right like um like with uh like the american tale land before time that yeah. was all like bluth company stuff i think um but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh all yeah, right so I, so I think we're ready for number ones yep. is that right andrew yep. kick us off what's your number one the official answer whatever you guys have if it's not mine it's wrong just <laughs> fyi okay the correct answer for the greatest animated movie Actually, just the greatest animated movie of all time, period, is Finding Nemo. Uh, you know I agree. You know I agree. That's my number one as well. Um, yeah. And I think we know Dom's number one because it hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, talk about it, Andrew. Talk about Finding Nemo. Whew, man, this is a, a perfect movie. It really is a perfect movie. Uh, 
the the journey that Marlon goes on and uh, you know how the movie starts it starts just like any Pixar movie would you know with the death of a family member um, but <laughs> death then, of like thousands of family members death of actually. thousands of, yeah genocide <laughs> yeah um, so but then but it's a great way to uh, share the overprotectedness of Marlon and Nemo you know and uh, the f- the fear of losing your last not only your child but also your last you know living remnant of a time before your heart was destroyed mm-hmm. um but then you see the growth of that character and you also see the growth of Nemo finding his own strength you know uh and it's it's great uh Dory is one of the funniest char- animated characters ever it's a beautifully animated movie. The vibrancy and just the mis- the mis- the mystery of the ocean. You know, it's just such a ripe environment to just show off, like an alien world. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. It is perfect. I I'm most blown away when I watch this movie by how simultaneously meaningful and funny it is. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know Albert Brooks and Ellen DeGeneres have a lot to do with that. Um, but it just it finds its way through its pieces, through its plot movements, in just such a a fluid and natural way. Um, yeah, I mean they they should study this movie and in film school. Uh it's just it is so well done. So yeah, yeah that's my number one as well. All right. Uh, Dom, Dom, tell us about the Lion King. Yeah, uh ninety four's Lion King, the the movie that taught Oh, ta- that one. Okay. <laughs> the 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 one that taught a generation of millennials about the circle of life. You know, that's like right. <laughs> uh I mean the songs, the the story. Um, I mean, I learned a lot as a kid about trust in that movie. You know, it's the ones closest to you sometimes that you can't trust. You make friends, you know, in the most unlikely places, you know. Uh, it's just hard not to like that movie. It's one that has always been championed by me for it's the, since the first time I saw it. It's the first movie I saw uh, more than once in the theaters with uh, my stepdad. Um so it's one of those ones where it might have been the first movie I saw in theaters, too. So it's always held a special place in my heart. And it's one that transcends generations because every time you play it, the next generation loves it just as much as the one before. it. I agree. I had it at number five. Andrew, you had it at number four. Is that four. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which it's is a- crazy it, it, because it's what I consider the best, uh, like, Western hand drawn mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. Uh, not like uh, Howl's, which is the anime style, but uh, gosh, it's such a gorgeous movie to this day. When did this movie come out? 92, 91, 94. Lion King was 94, yeah, really. Wow, regardless, it holds up today, like. The that opening scene with the sun rising and all the animals going to play to pay homage to the newborn prince, and then, um, of course, there's the stampede scene. There's just so many scenes I can point to and say, The animation style of this is perfection, it holds up so well. You, you realize why they would never remake it, you know, yeah. like it just, it just holds up so well. You can't imagine that, <laughs> yeah, you know, anybody ever trying to do it again, yeah. Uh, there you go. That is Lion King well, in at number one. Technically, they Dom. did, but they made a live action one. Oh wait, what? What are yeah. you talking about? That's, yeah, that's that creepy Total one. live action. <laughs> uh, I think you're lying. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, I'm, the, you. I'm the king of puns. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the honorable. You mentions. scarred me for life with that. Pun. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, all right. What do you have, Andrew, in the honorable mentions? I honestly didn't write down any honorable mentions. I was okay. just going to tell the people they're out there. You can find yeah. them. Yeah. Because. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a ton. There are so many. Finding, uh, finding like, out of all the movies, like, picking a top five was hard enough <laughs> that, you know, just having a list of honorable mentions felt, like, too much of a Dom, did you have any you wanted to, to shout out? Uh, I had... Robin Hood yes. and Bambi. 
Nice. Classic Disney. Love it. Uh, I'll throw Wreck-It Ralph out there. Um, and then uh, also Aladdin. I'll throw Aladdin mm. out there as well. Do any of the um, dragons in How to Train Your Dragon talk? No, they do not. Uh, nope. Or else you probably would have heard that one on my list. Yeah. Um, there you go. Best ever talking animal movies. Uh, all right, guys. Let's finish it off with some buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Dom, you're our guest, so you will go last. I'll kick us off. Uh, I caught up on some movies, um, including uh, Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg's uh, movie from this year. And surprise, surprise, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not a Cronenberg guy, uh, but this one wasn't yes there's body horror in it like it deals with the ideas of a future where because people don't feel pain you know uh, the entertainment has to do with uh body horror kind of stuff whether it be growing extra ears or doing live surgeries or whatever so yes that stuff is in there and yes it wasn't my favorite part of the movie But what's interesting about this movie and what I think Cronenberg does really well here is he manages to touch on our current ideas of entertainment and um, social media and those kind of things in a way that almost satirizes where we are now in a future that seems ridiculous until you realize you're kind of looking at yourself a little bit. Uh, and I think that's really well done here. And so I, I appreciated it. I, uh, Yes, I enjoyed it, which is a weird thing to say about a movie like this because it's very, very weird. Um, but yeah. yeah, Crimes of the Future is interesting, so you might want to uh, check that one out. Okay. So, Well, you know me. I'm in the same boat as you. The whole body horror thing was my main turnoff for why I wouldn't want to see it's it. It's there. It's there, yeah. so if you don't want to see it, then don't see it. Um, but if the story itself is compelling enough, I can overlook it. You know? It's an interesting, and it's an interesting idea of the future. Like there's there's some interesting concepts going on here too um, that that I thought were were kind of can, interesting. Dom, did you see? Yeah, it? Yeah, and I can I can I'm uh, <clears throat> I have a lot of friends who have done the whole like biohacking thing where you get implants under your skin. Or, you know, I have stretched ears. So it's one of those things where I can kind of see what they were playing on. Also see that mm-hmm. possibly being a future of, of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, it deals with some interesting concepts. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. Crimes of the Future, uh, which I'm not actually sure where it's playing. I'll look that up. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go next? What do you got? Well, you know me. I love Akira Kurosawa. And... Uh, there's a movie of his that I had been championing for years and saying that everybody needs to go and see it. And that movie was Ran. And wouldn't you know it, the movie I thought was Ran wasn't Ran. Oh, <laughs> It was his other movie called Rashomon. So I was like, oh man, I've been telling everybody to go and see this movie Ran, and I hadn't seen it. So I went and watched it. Everybody, go and see this movie, Ran. <laughs> it's really Rand's good. great. You hadn't seen it before? No, I thought Rashomon was Ran, but I just finally oh, saw Ran. Beca- and uh, wow, what a phenomenal movie about, you know, family and trust and mm-hmm. uh, uh, lying. It's, it's a really interesting... Tatsuya Nakadai is, a, or is a, an actor who's been in a lot of... Uh, 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 Kurosawa movies, and he's also in one of my favorite uh, Japanese samurai movies that wasn't Kurosawa. Harakiri is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the most beautiful stories. He's an amazing actor, and f- seeing a Kurosawa movie in full color because this movie came out in '85 uh, was a real treat. Uh, uh, the way that they they separated the the sons' houses via color like uh, blues yellow and reds uh, there's a new uh there's a new 4k uh transfer of this movie that just came out by the way really mm-hmm. yeah well it's amazing i saw it on uh it's it's on a hbo max right now and that's where i watched it i wonder if that's the uh, the 4k version if not i will seek it out because i could see myself watching this one again caveat it is a long movie everybody it is a three-hour movie but uh uh, it is worth all three hours of it. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. 
That is Ran. I don't see it currently listed on HBO Max. Um, Where did I? So I don't watch? know if it has popped off of there, but um, but yeah. You oh can, uh, no, I'm out. I'm an idiot. I was there was two movies that I watched on HBO Max, but I bought Ran because okay. I was like, oh go. crap, I hadn't seen it. So uh, I apologize. Dom, what is your buried treasure? Uh, I, I want to say that I mentioned this show. Uh, on here last year, but season two of Reservation Dogs premieres <laughs> this Wednesday, August third. Uh, the show is so good. It's, yeah. I mean, Taika Waititi is attached to it, so you know that it's gonna have some quirkiness, some some out of pocket things. The writing is really well. You get to see and experience a culture that many of us don't get to see. Uh, on a regular basis, and it's, it's normally when we do see it, it is in television or film of some sort. Um, the acting, like the, the the cast, is so good. Um, it's just one of those shows that it's kind of hard to explain what it's about because it's kind of like a a hangout movie, but as a series. Um, so I guess it would be kind of in the same vein as maybe like you know, the office or community or something like that, where things are connected, but not always connected. Um, but it's, it's a really good show. It's one of the ones that people don't talk about enough, but it got a season two for a reason and people need to check yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the two uh, brothers, Moe's and Mecco, who are always on their bikes. Yeah. They're my favorite <laughs> yeah. characters. And it's on Hulu, yeah. by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much teenagers growing up on a reservation. And one of them wants to really get out because she yeah. is tired of being stuck and doesn't think her life is going to go anywhere being stuck on the reservation. There you go. Reservation Dogs <laughs> uh, on Hulu Season 2 out soon. I, I mean, uh, doesn't the first episodes open with a Godfather paintball assassination? <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. And they're like they're like a little gang on the res- uh, on the reservation yeah. trying they're not they're like bad kids but like only because there's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Reservation Dogs on Hulu season 2 out uh, coming out soon. Ran is available for rent or purchase uh, and Crimes of the Future also available for rent or purchase. Uh, we did it guys. Woo! We managed to do a podcast. Woo! Proud of you. Great job. Proud of all of you. Well done. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And a huge thanks to Dom Fisher from Geek Vibes Nation uh, for hanging out with us today. Uh, Dom, where do you want to send people? Uh, GeekVibesNation.com is where you're going to find most of the things uh, on YouTube. Geek Vibes Podcast, where there's interviews and podcasts, of course. And, you know, I'm on Twitter at uh, King underscore Fish. I'm on there every once in a while. I try not to entertain the trolls too much. But you'll catch me on there <laughs> from time to time. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, it's always good to have you on Chat it. Movies. Uh, check out Dom and all the stuff that he's got going on. Another thing you can check out is our Patreon. Patreon.com slash SiftPop. It's uh, three bucks a month is where it starts. You can check out all the different perks there. One of them is a bonus podcast. Um, feed where you get all the main episodes without ads as well as bonus episodes most weeks. So check that out at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can email us, feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it uh, and that listening is much easier than trying to do another comedic Batman when Will Arnett already exists. Uh, We will be back next week with Bullet Train and probably some other things. So we will see you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.